Hello and welcome. My name is Tanai and I help women become confident with themselves and their sexuality and shed the pressure to be the good girl. For the past 10 years, I've worked with all kinds of sex and relationship experts to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, only to find out that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is my opportunity to debunk commitment phobia, so drop all of your preconceived notions and tune in to hear what I've learned along my journey about what it takes for people to create authentic and intimate connections. This is Commitment Phobe. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Commitment Phobe. I have a very special guest today. My mom was my favorite person in the world. And growing up and still today is one of my biggest teachers. My mom is an energetic healer and a coach and knows so much about so much. (laughs) So just wanted to give you all a heads up. We talk about a lot in this episode. We cover so many things from family constellations to why doing energetic work is so important to how our body manifests different emotions when we repress them. Um, We also talk about how we project our own shadows onto our partners and how to create more compassion within relationships. There's really so much that we talk about. And I just wanted to take responsibility and say that I got a little too excited. I just want my audience to witness, you know, the the power and magic and wisdom that I see in my mom. Um, Yeah, she's just like the amount of knowledge and how wise she is really really astounds me every day. She is my biggest expander and role model. And I just wanted to share all of that with you. So just a heads up, we might be covering things a little too quickly and a little too much, but that's okay. It's just the kind of episode that you can listen to a couple times and take notes and also feel free to reach out to her if you have any questions. To me, this is the kind of episode that it's like you just listen to this one episode and and so much opens up. You know, it's one of those life-changing episodes for me. I really do think so. So, yeah, enjoy and let me know what you think. And again, if you have any questions, reach out, reach out to her. And I'm sure you will absolutely understand the love and admiration that I feel for my mom after you listen to these two episodes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Commitment Phobe. Today is such a special episode because you all have the honor of listening to my mom, who is my favorite person in this entire world. And not only um, was she and is an incredible mother, but she's also one of my biggest teachers. And when people point out to my level of awareness or how much work I've done, I always attribute it to being raised by such an incredible woman who taught me about awareness and about personal responsibility and about meeting everything with love and approval from a very young age. So there's, you know, anytime that I have an opportunity for other people to hear her wisdom and to feel her energy and the magic that I talk about, I get so excited and I jump on that opportunity. So Uh, I just know that this episode is going to blow your minds. And um, yeah, I just feel so honored to call this woman my mother and feel very, very fortunate. How can I stop talking when I've 
hear it, you know, those words coming from my daughter, I feel so blessed. And I just want to share that from the moment you were born, you brought so much light into our life and they were the sunshine. And, uh, and I think that, um, it's been such an honor to be your mom and I'm so proud and so full of, um, of, um, blessings because you're enter our life. Thank you so much. So I will let my mom tell you herself what she does. But what I will say is that my mom works with a lot of different modalities um, that include working with chakras, working with family constellation, working with awareness, working with um, getting to your emotions. And, and what she's exceptional at is really recognizing what's at the root of whatever is whatever you're struggling with in your life, like really getting to the root and meeting it with compassion and um and slowness i think we're living in a culture where we just want the fix very quickly and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we know that we're creating our reality and we can you know almost that becomes the new pressure on ourselves as opposed to you know it being something that relieves us so you will absolutely understand what i mean when you hear her speak and i will let her tell you what she does so why don't you tell Everyone, yeah, what, what do you um, do in your work? So um, I, weigh, um, I, I call myself an energy coach. And I do this because I combine energy healing with coaching. And why do I do that? Um, the energy healing helps me, first of all, notice what's going on with the person. It means where is his energy stuck? And that energy can be stuck because mostly experiences in the past where the um, it's what we do. We no, do not have the tools to confront them. So we block those emotions or we block those um, suppress the um, effects that certain experiences have added, had, had in us. But when we suppress, we keep it. We still It's still there. In, Still taking energy from us because we have to spend energy keeping those blocks in, in its place. And I think Kara did a beautiful explanation in that her last podcast where she talked about the embodiment. So what I do is I, I connect with the, with a person to see, okay, where is the energy stuck? Where is it not running properly? And why, what is it? Why, why is that? And then we parallel to that, we start working on the issues that are blo- blocking that energy. So it's not only me because I, I'm just a channel. I just energy flows through me and helps the person uh, maybe um, realize how does it feel to have that energy flowing in what triggers, what starts to come out because of that energy that it's flowing. And then we have to work it. We have to we have to look at it and see what other ways we can deal with this. How can be healed? How can be put in its place? How can uh, he make it easier for him to go through life putting this in its proper place? So this can be done, you know, by regular coaching. But also, I've um, used um, flower essences that help us also with the 
process because it awakens that energy that has not been that positive energy that has been blocked. And also using family constellations. Why? Because there are many things that have been passed through us through many generations uh, because of our ancestors. Ancestors did not work with it. So we inherit it and we are repeating the same patterns. So sometimes you can hear somebody saying, I don't know why I have this anger. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know why I have looked at it and I have no idea. I don't know, understand. And then you can look at his family history and dynamics that are hidden and find out that a grandfather uh, was very upset because he was um, betrayed by a partner and nobody knew about it. And that anger has been carried on in the family. So I, you know, it depends on the situation. I combine all these uh, um, coaching energy modalities that help you really become who you are and what you really came to do and, ex- and have many more tools to experience the difficult situations that we go through life. So beautiful. What, what I'm picturing when you say that is, is like a container of water and anytime a hole gets poked through, you have to put tape on it. So you're not really letting, yeah, it's like you're, you're sort of putting all this energy on not on, you know, on making sure that the water doesn't flow out. Um, and you're not realizing that you're putting all that energy. So, and, and when you, when you were, when you were talking about family constellations, would you say then that let's say in, in a past generation, someone was dealing with stress and the way that they experienced that in their body was, I don't know, an ulcer. And so then there's a, uh, then there's a history of ulcers in the family because that emotion was stuck in that generation and was never really released. Yeah, that could be a possibility. Yeah, but um, when that is the case, it is because there is a um, unseen pattern or unseen habit of um, a, a experiencing situation of dealing with situations. So you don't know that it's there, but it's affecting you. So it's like um, you're being in a place where you have um, waves, uh, like the microwave, right? If you if you feel in yourself those waves, you can be harmed, but you're not seeing them and you're not feeling them. So this is the same thing that's happened with families. You know, there's something in the atmosphere, in the system that it's percolating and you have no idea because you cannot see or you cannot um, feel them, but it's affecting you. So that's where, you know, you look at the origin and it's the same is with the body, with illnesses in when you work with energy healing is my purpose is because I can go and, and, you know, we have this um, in our society, we have that mentality of the pill effect. I call it, you know, we're used to, I have a headache. Let me take a pill. I have a stomachache. Let me take a pill. We look for something to um, make us feel better, but we, we don't have the habit to go into the origin. What is it? What is it that it's causing that situation? What is the root of the cause? So that's where I go in and I look for really what's the, the root. So we can take uh, away or we can treat the um, situation from the root. In that way, it's a real heal 
healing, not a just a um how do you call that a um a band-aid or a piece yeah. of cake that we Right. Yeah. So it's not superficial. It's not like a topical cream that you put on. You actually go in and like cure the cure the source, like deal with the yes. source. Yeah. Like a lot of people use the the metaphor of, of killing weeds and you can continue to kill the weeds in your garden, but you really have to go to the root of the soil to kill the weeds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to when it comes to intimacy with others and really being open to, uh, you know, to love, what a lot of people complain is attracting partners that aren't available, continue to attract partners that don't really want anything serious or don't love them back. And and you talk a lot about how there is something in us that is attracting that and there's just no awareness of that. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about that? So for me... You cannot put things in a pattern, okay? So everybody's different. So everybody will uh, um, be experiencing this situation depending on their history and what's really going on. So the first I would look at is how they handle their personal boundaries. And for me, their um, the fear of commitment or attracting somebody that is not available, it has um, in, in regards to personal boundaries, two origins or two causes. One is the fear of abandonment, and the other one is the fear of losing yourself. So what's the fear? So maybe you were brought up in a family where they controlled you so much that you feel you had no voice, that you felt that you were nobody, that you lost yourself in your parents' um, uh, wishes, all right? So when you meet somebody, you are going to be so fearful that they're going to do the same to you that you're not going to let them in. But at the same time, you that's what you know. So that's what you're going to attract because that's what it's, um, you know, that's what's normal for you. In your mind, that's the program you have. On the other hand, if your parents were not present and they were not there for you the way you needed emotionally for them to be there for you, then when you meet somebody, you are going to, oh, my God, I need to hook to this person. But again, your program is that the persons are not available for you. So in a way, your perception it's going to be that things they do represent situations where they're really not available for you. So we have to look, first of all, at that. Okay, is it, is it how am I managing my boundaries? Am I putting a wall and not letting people in? Or I, I have no walls at all, and I need all the time to people to be there 100%, which will never happen. So... <laughs> Right. And the second, at the second level, we have to look at again the family history, where somebody in the family, an ancestor, grandfather, or a great grandfather or grandmother, where they um, went through a situation that they felt betrayed, that were in, it happened to them that they were not available, could not be available for the other. And so that it's going to repeat 
because we're loyal to the family. We are loyal to, loyal to the family member. We need to feel that we belong. And in order to belong, we need to repeat the same pattern. That way we feel that we have in common something with the family. So we are part of the family. Yeah. How, how do you explain that a disconnect between our desire to be safe and what we think we want? It's like, you know, like you said, like we're used to something. So we go back to it. And in terms of family, we go back to it to belong, but we say we want something. So where is that? What, how do you explain the gap between the two? I think that um, you are not aware of what's happening. That's why we work on constellation. That's why I, clients come to me looking for the, the source of what's happening because it's an unseen dynamic. And by uh, doing the, um, the work, we can see, oh my God, this is where it's coming from. So usually also people are not used to, I want something, but they're not used to going for it. In my experience, they expect in a way they're expect from somewhere, from things, you know, I, I, even myself, but there was a time in my life where I was waiting for God to give me or to provide me what I wanted. I didn't know that I had to go for it. And and when I knew that I had to go for it, okay, so how do I do that? How, how do I get there? So I had to look also for somebody to guide me or be there with me, helping me doing that transition and learning for myself tools to do that. So there are two things that we're not, maybe we're conscious of what we want, but we don't know how to do it. But we're not conscious of what is in our way, in our way so that we need to look for the reasons or the um, things that are, I, I'm not able to um, realize that it's happening. Right. So it's like a process of shining light of those things that you're attached to that you didn't even know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. Exactly. So you even have a whole workshop around setting boundaries and it involves working with energy and, and, and like noticing what happens to you as things come closer and farther away. Would you talk a little bit more about that? Like, how is it that, that we can be so sensitive to just things coming closer and farther away? Like, could you, could you explain more about that? Okay. Yeah. That's and, and actually like, Explain about a little bit about the workshop and, and maybe like what inspired you to create it? Because of course, I'm not going to really be able to explain it myself. Okay. Um, believe it or not, I'm an electronic engineer. So I, my training was with um, devices and learning about electricity, about magnetism, about energy. Okay, that's my training. And it's funny because um, the first time I went to a, a healing uh, and they explained to me what was it about, I saw it so natural. Of course, we are energetic beings. We are. We are, you know, we have atoms. Atoms have electrons. The electrons move all over. So they create a current. And the first thing that we know and we learn when we go to um, engineering school is that Electricity creates magnetism. Okay. So it means that, um, we are energy. Okay. 
So in that energy flow is affected by our emotions, by our thoughts. And that, you know, there are many people talking about that and has been um, proven scientifically that all that is energy. So the, what happens is that um, since we're energy, um, we, and we emit, you know, magnetic fields. So we behave, I, I'm sorry if I sound so scientific, no, but um, that's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. So we become like a um, magnet. So if you're very tight and very closed up, okay? So the other person, in a way, it's, it, it will try to go in, but energetically we'll, we'll feel that there's like a wall. Because it's, it's affecting our magnetic field. So, and then if I'm too open and I'm too, I have, I have, I have not defined a healthy boundary. So the other person's going to feel, Oh, I can move. I can do whatever thing I, uh, anything I want because there's no resistance. So in the workshop, when people come suddenly they realize because they're not aware of that. They behave in, uh, instinctively to how, uh, to when people approach or, or um, get away from them. Something happens in them that when they feel somebody approaching, either they go back or they tighten up or they keep quiet or they feel unsafe or they like it. And there are other people that when they approach somebody, they feel, oh, powerful or they feel, oh, small and I don't know, I cannot do it. So it, it, it's amazing how this reaction immediately tells them of how is their character, how powerful they feel or how powerless they feel in regards to the other. Right. And then again, they're actually paying attention to it in that moment, which is something that I guess we we unconsciously do without even realizing, like separating or, clo or getting closer without even a second thought. Yeah, that's the beauty of the exercises I do, that people become aware. Why well, didn't know? I didn't know this. I wasn't aware of this. And, and so they can pay attention. OK, this is what I need to work on. I need to strengthen my boundaries or I need to let lose my boundaries. I need to put a stop to what people are doing or I let I need to let people in. They're not aware until they do the exercises. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, you know, for for me, as I'm hearing you say this and remembering taking the workshops, I've just I mean, you you know, growing up, I've always been so sensitive to other people's energies, but logically couldn't explain it. Like I'd feel safe around some people or unsafe. And now I'm starting to recognize oh, wow, it's just my subtle energy, like picking up on theirs. And, and, and for some reason, I feel safer getting closer to them or not. Where, where we're so used to this logical world of like, that person looks safe, that person's saying safe things. On paper, that person might be safe, but maybe energetically, there's something there that I'm picking up on that doesn't energetically feel safe. No, it, 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 you hear a lot of people, you know, I went to the that, that party and it felt so yicky. Or I went to this place and suddenly, I don't know, I felt so comfortable and good and, and people cannot explain why. Mm -hmm. And it's all energy. 
it's all energy. So we know that when we have emotions that are not um, pleasant, uh, they our energy might, like sadness, for example, it puts our energy down. So if you're open and sensitive, you can feel that energy, you know, that low energy in, in the environment. If you're happy and you're... And everybody's um, in a good mood. So there's um, this uprise of energy and maybe you, you can feel it too. So and there are people, like you said, that make you feel, oh my God, I felt so good speaking to her. And there are people that you, oh my God, it was so unpleasant to talk to him. I don't know why. Right. So that that's because you're picking up at the energy. Right. And then... And then I guess depending on your level of comfort with intimacy, you're going to feel that energetically too. If someone's too close or too far away, it'll make you comfortable or uncomfortable. And not only is um, your um, being comfortable with the level of intimacy, it's your uh, also um, self-esteem. If you give, if you feel powerful enough and you don't give, you don't need the approval of the other or you don't need for the other to, um, to make you feel good. So you'll be, you're, you're be less affected. But if you're only always concerned, oh, how is the other going to take me? How is the other going to receive me? How is the other going to judge me or not judge me? Is the other, so you're open up your field and giving your energy to the other person to decide for your for you, what is, if you're good or not. Wow. So powerful. Yeah. 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 And sometimes. The fear of intimacy comes from that, comes from the sensation that I'm vulnerable to the judgment of the other. So I cannot get intimate because I would be in danger. So I close myself up and I don't let people in. And and many people don't realize that they're not letting people in. Mm -hmm. And in the workshop, this is amazing when people realize, oh, my God. Um, I'm noticing that I don't have the people I want in my life because I'm closing up. I'm not letting them in. It's not that they are rejecting me. It's that they're, I'm not letting them in. Mm. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because that's, that was my next, that was the next thing that I wanted to ask you, which is what are some of those ways that people don't realize they're not letting people in? Like on a more, um, on a more practical level. A more practical level, um, Maybe it's when you judge them. And you um, uh, let's see. I'm taking first of all. It's I go to the energetic level, and then in the energetic level is that you put like a, a energetic an energy wall, right? And you don't know that you're putting that, but it's there. So in um, maybe more practical, it would be. One of the things that I used to do is um, judge. Immediately when I judge, I put a distance. Okay? So this is me. This is you. And um, I'm here. And um, I see you from here. But um, there's no connection because I'm judging. Mm. Right. So even if, if even if you're coming from a place of, I want people to love me, you're the one judging them. So you're actually the one that's pushing them away. Yeah, because I need to study them to see if it's safe enough to let them in or not. So I have to judge them. You know, it's not that I'm just aware or witnessing the other. I'm judging it because I'm going to decide if it's safe for me to let you in or not, which is okay. I mean, we all do that. 
we we are we you know we all, we need to protect ourselves of course yeah it's like having a security guard at the gate like you got to make sure that person's safe exactly yeah it's okay but uh, we t- when we take it to an extreme without us noticing that we're doing that then we're the victims and without noticing that we are the perpetrators very powerful so when you when you mention you know like how self esteem also has to do with it um you work a lot with groups around um healing their chakras and 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 feeling more powerful from connecting to their chakras and healing their chakras what does that really look like to to rebuild that strength and that solidity in yourself um how like i guess my question is uh, on a chakra level like what does it mean to be out of balance and not have that solidity that then presents itself as someone having a low self esteem like what does that look like in in terms of chakras so the first thing um that um you know when you talk about self esteem and you talk about chakras first of, first i want to uh, explain a little about the chakras for those yeah. who don't know like i'm sure everybody knows but um um we have batteries in our body the same as a cell phone, as any device. Remember, we're energy and we need to keep on that energy bumped up. So we get that energy from the earth and from the universe. And um, so the every part of the body has a different level of energy and a different vibration. So it needs a different battery. And the chakras for me are the batteries that provide the energy we need to function in balance. But... Also, um, the chakras have an influence on our emotional and spiritual and mental level. So a chakra has um, a, a effect on an emotional or um, aspect of ourselves. So for me, self-esteem, it's, it's um, a place where you do not connect to your power. You do not connect. You do not accept who you are and feel okay with who you are. So it maybe you love yourself, but you don't appreciate who you are or you don't accept who you are. You need to change yourself or you need to be somebody else. So that would be, for me, self-esteem. So what happens? So if I don't accept something from, from who I am, I, I tend to take it away from me. I want to, I want to get rid of it. If uh, the moment I tend to separate it from me, so I have to spend energy in making sure that that's not shown, that it, that's separate. So that energy, instead of being consumed for my regular um, well-being, it's consumed to make myself less than I am. So by so what we look at by charging the chakras is to regain that sense of power. That sense of oh you know look I can I feel good. I feel grounded and uh, I feel good with who I am and I have what it takes to being life and I'm okay with who I am and that it comes from that energy being in balance so by charging your chakras you can charge you can go regain your balance and when you regain your balance you regain the feeling of well-being 
And the feeling of well-being makes you feel good with yourself. Wow. Yeah. So it's almost like very similar to my last guest, Kara mentioned, like going from bottom up. So instead of instead of looking like, oh, where are you? Like instead of doing the work on a mental level of why are you feeling low? It's actually connecting to your body and seeing what's misaligned. And the more that you feel grounded and strong within yourself, suddenly you start like suddenly that manifests itself in how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it has to do with it a lot. That's incredible. Something, you know, that really blows my mind in your sessions is, is the the moments where you've asked me to pay attention to a certain area of my body. So where a certain chakra is, and just by paying attention to it, I start to cry. So can you tell can you tell my audience a little bit of, about why that happens? What does that mean? Um, again, we unconsciously, when since we were little, we couldn't handle. We didn't have what it took to handle a heavy emotion. And on top of that, we live in a society where it's not okay to feel sad. It's not okay to be angry. Okay, all the time you have to be the sunshine shining where you're happy so nobody feels threatened and nobody has to deal with our own emotions. So little by little, we, we started to feel those emotions and since we didn't know how to deal with them and they were not well received, so we, uh, um, like I said before, we uh, suppressed them. But again, those suppressed emotions were stored somewhere. Somewhere they were stored. In an organ, in a part of the body. So maybe you feel, sometimes when you go and feel a tension in your shoulder, it's because you felt, um, um, you felt like you were, um, not allowed to feel love. So you tend to shrink in order to close your heart. So there are two things happening. One is if you connect to that place where you have stored um, moments that you needed to cry and couldn't cry, the moment the energy starts moving, of course, that emotion that has trapped is, it was trapped is going to come out. And that's, that's how the energy is going to regain its balance. So it's like I, I compare it to a river that has stones in it. And suddenly you take those stones away and the river, you know, starts flowing with that intensity. Mm. Yeah. And, and the other one, it happens is that you start reconnecting with yourself. And we have that longing inside of us to be ourselves, to connect with ourselves, to be ourselves. So feeling that connection, it's also so um, eh, emotional. I mean, for me, so there are two things. That those two things going on. The more you own or you have yourself, it's like, finally, I'm being heard. Finally, I'm being seen. Finally, I can be myself. How beautiful, gorgeous. Yay. So that's when you start to cry. That's so beautiful. What, what really stands out when I'm hearing you say this is that it's not so much about figuring yourself out or changing but maybe just about releasing, maybe just about seeing what's there and letting it move, letting it be seen, letting it flow. I think that that would be part one. Part one is important to, in, in order for me to 
um, put in order a closet. I need to take everything out from the closet and then decide what should I keep and what should I not keep and where should I put it. So the first stage, yes, I need to release everything that's stuck. But then a free space is created and we're going to go to the known. So we must we, we, we must know we sh um, most probably will again restock that or, or fill that emptiness with what is known. And what is known is that blocked energy. So after you release, you need help also in what is it the new thing I want to create? What is it with what, with what I want to fill this up? And that's where I always tell people that you have to be very, very patient with yourself, very compassionate and very, uh, and take things easily and slowly without the man and without you self pushing to be somebody that you want to be or have to be. Because it's like going to the gym, you know, you, in order to carry 30 pounds, you need to go slowly. So in order for me to feel safe, and comfortable experiencing a new reality, I need to go slow and let it happen slowly. So, you know, many people have the belief that um, an energy healer will come and like a magic wand will solve all your issues. Boom, yeah. and then you're you in one or two sessions, you're healed. Yeah. But it doesn't work that it doesn't work that way. Not because the energy doesn't work, it's because we're not open to really receive all that energy. And if we're open, um, it would be too much. And on top of that, we don't know what to do now with, okay, how do I do it differently? I don't know how to do it differently. So in order for me to really change, I need to go slowly, slowly, slowly. So that's why energy healing needs more time but it works beautifully once you're really open and really prepared to do the changes in a more grounded and contained way. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. What was your experience with that? Did you find that in the beginning of the process, you wanted everything to go really quick or were you always um, open to doing things slowly? I think I was always open because of my personality, I think. Uh, maybe at the beginning, I, I, oh, I remember I went to, I, the first time I went, I went to, um, therapy is because I wanted to be fixed. I wanted to be perfect. Um, and then I, I went to the energy healer with the same, okay, fix me. Okay. But then I slowly with the work, I realized, but it, this is not about fixing. This is about maybe integrating those part of me that I have rejected that are part of myself, that need to be integrated. And that was very scary because I had to become somebody that I was avoiding being all my life. So if you deal with a scary child, you have to go very slowly. It's like opening the door and showing him, look, there's nothing here. You can come in and he will come in slowly because he needs to feel safe. So my experience with energy healing is like little by little, the more energy came into me, the more, the safer I felt and the safer I felt, 
the more open I was to let that energy go and flow and release all those emotions that were stuck for so many years. Mm. Right. Wow. And so, and slowly that's what empowered me to accept myself. And I always, I always love to use that this, um, it always takes me to this example I use where a garden is more beautiful when it has a variety of flowers and you have roses and carnations and each flower has its own beauty. So a, maybe a rose is soft, but it doesn't last long. A carnation is beautiful, it's less softer, but it lasts much longer. So each flower can contribute to the gar garden with its own essence, with its own capacity. So you cannot demand a carnation to be like the rose because it would be boring. Mm. So let the carnation be more a carnation than a rose, be more a rose with its high, beautiful qualities and with not so beautiful qualities. But that's what makes it uh, a part of that garden. Oh, I love, love that visual so much. Yeah, and I love when you mention it to me when I'm going through something, of course. <laughs> and yeah. hearing hearing you talk about your own journey and accepting, and you said it so powerfully that you it, you just realized you had to become something that you've been avoiding to be your whole life. Like, wow, that's such a powerful statement. Um, and it reminds me of of another one of your very popular workshops around mirrors and how everyone around us is mirroring back. Um, parts of ourselves. And so the way that we respond to others has to do with how we feel that within ourselves. So can you explain how that works? Why is it that, that what we see in others, um, is something, is showing us something in ourselves? I, I always tell people that what is it that you know? Okay. So what I know is what I experience in myself. I don't know what are you experiencing inside yourself, or I don't know what somebody else is experiencing inside yourself. Your, their, their selves. I cannot take myself, go inside of you and feel what you're feeling. I can only know what I'm feeling. So when I look at you or when I'm with you, what is it going, what is it that it's going to bother me? What I see in you that bothers in me. So if I'm uncomfortable with the way I laugh, if the moment you're going to start laughing in, and it sounds like mine, I'm not going to like your laugh, but not, it has nothing to do with you. It's me. It's, it's that you're reminding me my lie, laugh that I don't like. Yeah. It reminds me of when I used to be very self-conscious about my body and I would see women with thicker arms. I would get so self-conscious. And I remember perfectly when you said, look, Hilary Duff has thicker arms and she's beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's how it works. The mirror is because the others are just reflection of us because the only thing we know is us. So if I like something in you, it's because something in me, it's, it's the same. I like it. And you're just showing to me what I know in me. Okay. So I, I don't know you. The only thing I know is me. So the other one, it's always going to be me. 
Because what I'm going to see in you is the known, and the known is only through my eyes. Mm, right. It's all just our perception. Yeah, so that's why when you don't like somebody, mm, okay, come on, let's see. What is it that you don't like in yourself? Because it, that has nothing to do with the other. It has to do with you. So what what beliefs do you have? So if you don't like somebody that um, talks like this, you know, maybe you have a belief that people that talk like this are not feminine. So it has nothing to do with the other. It has to do with you. It's reflecting something in you. So that's a wrap on today's episode, part one. Like I said, it's a lot of information, a lot of juicy, juicy, mind-blowing information. So take this opportunity to reflect and think to yourself, how is this showing up in your relationships? What is it making you realize about yourself and your environment, your life? If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me or my mom. We'd both be glad to answer anything that's come up for you. And come back next week where we're going to talk about so many more insightful, juicy things that are really going to continue blowing your mind and um, make you think about things in a very new and loving way. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of Commitment Phobe. If this episode left an impact on you, please share with friends, family, loved ones, ex-lovers, the people in your life who you think would benefit from listening to these conversations. If you're curious about the kind of work that I do as an intuitive coach, head on over to my website, www.tanaimelgram.com, where you can learn more about what I do with my one-on-one coaching clients, group coaching programs, and you can set up a discovery call with me to see how I can be of support to you. You could also follow me on Instagram on my handle at Tanai Milgram. I'm always posting content about what I'm up to and new insights, new learnings that I'm getting along my journey. And please head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review if you like what you heard. So together we can start changing the conversation we're having about intimacy and commitments. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next week.